I'm creative business coach Anastasia Williams, and you are listening to Making Magic, a podcast for fiber artists, makers, and creatives who are looking to craft a business with intention. you a little bit today to start thinking of yourself as an authority in your industry. I'm going to put my disclaimer here that I always say is that I do primarily work with fiber artists. So a lot of my examples are going to be tailored to things like knitting and crocheting and yarn. However, these tips do apply to any type of business, whether you're service-based or product-based. As business owners, the thing that we tend to really focus on is how to make sales, which of course is the heart and soul of our business because the sales are going to be what ultimately make us the income that we need so that we can keep doing what we're doing and live our lives in the way that we want to live them. But one piece that is typically left out of the equation is how to build yourself up as an authority for your followers or for your audience in general. Why is it important to become an authority or why is it important to be seen as an expert? Well, because we know that when we buy from people or buy from businesses, we want to feel like we know them, we like them, and we trust them. And trust is the thing that we're really looking at today as when people trust that we know what we're talking about, they're going to feel far more comfortable handing us their money than if they feel like we are an amateur or that we just really don't know what we're doing, which is something that we don't want because we do know what we're doing, right? You know what you're doing. I know what I'm doing. We all know what we're doing. So we need to find a way to start to position ourselves, right? Position yourself as an authority for those potential customers so that they can continue to move along their journey with you to ultimately lead to a purchase. That's the goal at least. So how do we do this? The first step is to start to look at who you view as an authority. So think of the people that you always buy books from or the people that you always listen to their podcast or the people that you are following on Facebook or you're following on Instagram or you're following on Twitter and you basically are hanging on to every word because you find value in it. What is it? about those people that cause you to believe that they are an authority or they are an expert in their field. This is a really key thing to think about because it will help you in your own journey of figuring out how you can do this for yourself. But just take some time to do a little bit of research. And it doesn't necessarily have to be somebody who is in your industry. It can be outside of your industry because the principles are still the same. They're probably giving certain types of information that you love to take in, or maybe they talk a certain way. Maybe it's just their confidence level. It can be any of those things. So again, just start to take note, start to make a list, 
or start to just pay closer attention to those people so that you can really learn about doing the same thing for yourself going forward. The one thing that I would caution you on when you are doing this research is to not allow yourself to go into comparison mode. So, so easy to look at somebody who is super far down the line. They've maybe had years of success. They've worked really hard. They're considered an expert in their field. They're considered an authority in their field. And you feel miles away from where they're at. And that is okay. You can still be miles away from where that person is at and still be an expert in your own right. You can still be good at what you do. You can still have value in what you say and what you create and what you share. Don't allow yourself to go down that rabbit hole. Put your blinders on and just be focused on the facts and the logistics. Step two. Start to think about what your strengths and skills are. So what are you good at? The very first thing I ask all of my coaching clients is this question. And it's interesting to see that the majority of them will automatically go to what they're not good at. We are conditioned, we are taught, we are kind of smashed down into believing that we shouldn't be talking about ourselves in a positive way and that you know it's better to be humble it's better to give the credit to other people and so on and so on and so on but let's put all of that aside put away everything you've learned everything you know everything society tells you and think about what are you good at everything maybe you're great at cooking maybe you're great at knitting maybe you're great at building rapport with people maybe you're super awesome at trapping your floats when you're doing fair isle color work start to look at those and think about all right which of these elements work in my business to allow me to start positioning myself as an expert in my field so if you are in kind of the fiber arts world, then maybe cooking isn't going to go there, but it's good for you to know that you believe that you are good at it. So hold on to that, internalize it, feel good about it, but start to look at the other things, of course, the relevant things, and let's think about how we can build those skills into your business, especially if it's something that's even a soft skill. Maybe it's not a like technically a tangible technical skill, Maybe you are really good at communicating with people. So that means that you are maybe writing really engaging captions and you're great at starting conversations. And that can be a way that you can start to work on becoming an authority is just building conversations around subjects that are important to you and that are relevant to the work that you're doing. Of course, technical skills would also apply here. So if you are, say, good at trapping your floats when you're doing fair idle color work, then you can start to show your technique and things like that. We'll talk about that a little bit in step three, which is going to be building out your content. Content is going to be really crucial in starting to build that connection build that trust and start to allow you to be seen as somebody who is an expert in the field that you're in or in the area that you're working in, whatever that may be. There are three different types of content that I typically think of when 
I notice that I'm really starting to feel trust with another business or a person who runs a business. And that is through showing tips, tricks, and tutorials. So we as consumers, we love to learn. We are, as humans, lovers of learning. We are always trying to learn new things. We're always trying to do things more efficiently, a different way, a better way. That is why Google is so popular because Google has been the place we can type in to learn about anything and we get tons of results. It is a rabbit hole and we love it and we just soak it all up. It's why we follow our favorite Instagram accounts. It's why we join certain newsletters. It's why we have favorite books that we read, why we have favorite documentaries we watch or TV shows. It doesn't matter. We are always trying to learn and glean more information. So what is it that you can start to give your audience as tips, as tricks, as tutorials without giving away your basically your trade secrets. Like if you are worried about teaching somebody how to make your product, remember you don't have to do that. You never have to do that. But there are certain little elements that could allow you to give an insight to your method. Again, let's stick with this float trapping for fair isle knitting. So let's say that you are a pattern designer and you make patterns of fair isle sweaters then you could show your specific way of trapping floats to help your customers as they make your patterns. See, this isn't something that's going to teach them how to basically design patterns and they're not going to take your job away from you, but you're still providing that extra value. And it actually is something that will provide value when using your product or making your product, which is super helpful. So if there's any way that you can do that, give people the how-to of how to use your product, that's an awesome way to start building yourself as an authority. The other thing that I will say about this is that if you are starting to see other people doing the same thing, like if you have a tip that you feel is really helpful, but you've already seen somebody else share that, don't feel like you can't also. It doesn't mean that your audiences are automatically going to overlap. Not everybody who sees that person's tip is going to see it on your channels. It's really something that, you know, don't think about what everyone else is doing. Just focus on what you're doing and what you're good at, even if somebody else out there is good at it as well, which inevitably that's going to happen. So just don't worry about them, worry about you. Another type of content is behind the scenes. This is a really cool one. Um, One of my favorite things is to see how people work, especially in time lapses where you can see somebody's process of work, whether that's start to finish or just a piece of it, like in a really quick, you know, video snapshot. And there are plenty of ways to show it without having to do a time lapse. You can do photos or other types of videos or just explanations of certain processes that you are good at. But what is really cool about showing behind the scenes is that this is a way in which you get to show how you're unique and how maybe the way that you do something is different than a way that other people in your industry do it, which is automatically going to start to set you apart as an expert in your own right. The prime example that I think of is um, when I was a natural dyer, I would discuss the differences between what I did versus what people who died with acid dyes would do. 
And it's not necessarily, it wasn't put in a way of my way is better than their way, but it's very, very different. The amount of time that's spent is very, very different. The types of materials that are used are very, very different. The way that I did everything was chiefly different. So it was really important for me to show my audience those differences because a lot of them had no idea what it meant to really naturally die and what maybe some of those benefits were or just characteristics. So you can start again to really think about the things that you do that are special to you versus maybe some other businesses out there. Again, don't worry about being completely different than every single person out there in the universe, but most of us have something special that we do or a way that we do things differently because we are all very, very different people in general. The last kind of content that I usually recommend is taking a stance on something. And it can be something that's really important, something that's a human rights issue, something that you believe as a value that you really feel the need to comment on and make clear so that everyone in your space knows. And I am a full advocate for that. Like absolutely do that because that is going to bring the right people to you and the wrong people away from you. That's attract and repel. And that's what we like. We don't want anybody who's just kind of hemming and hawing in the middle. So I I like that as a strategy overall, just to get you the right people in your space. But you can also start to take a stance on things that are maybe a little bit more minor. Like maybe you are somebody who doesn't like to use superwash yarns and then you can start to talk about why that is and people are going to start to know you for somebody who knows a lot about superwash versus non-superwash and maybe they'll come to you with questions and that is helpful too because the more people come to you with questions the more information you're going to be getting from them as to what they want to see from you for content going forward. So for instance, this podcast is a great example. I've had a couple clients that I've talked about this recently with of what do you want to be known for and how can you start to be known for that? And I know that they're not the only ones who are having that question. So that's why I'm having this conversation with you now so that you can ultimately know that for yourself. Now, this isn't really any step along the process, but it's just something that I really want to kind of drive in at the end here and that is start to reframe how you think of the word expert or authority remember that you don't have to know everything about your craft you don't have to do everything super perfectly you have reasons for doing things the way that you do them and that is enough if you know how to do one thing really well that's enough. You don't have to know how to do 15 things. If it's just one, two, three, or more, it's fine. It's all fine. There will be people who are better than you in some areas, but that's okay because we're not focusing on them. We're focusing on you and what you are good at. I was not the best natural dyer. A lot of my yarns, they crocked, which means the color came off when you knit with them. And there was a reason I allowed that to happen. It's because I didn't want to use excessive water, but there were people who didn't like that about my yarns and that's okay. I was very upfront about why I did what I did. And I knew I wasn't the best in my industry and I wasn't the best natural yarn dyer out there, but I owned the pieces of it 
that were true to me and the pieces about it that I felt really, really good about. So again, look at your strengths. What are you good at? How can you focus on those? How can you share those with your customers so that they can start to really build that trust in you? And I know you'll get there. I don't really have any show notes for this particular episode, but if you want to find any show notes from any of the previous episodes, remember my website is www.williamsanastasia.com and I will talk to you next week. 